0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Rich Queer Aunties. It's your host, Christabel. This episode, we're going to be talking about overcoming the fear of rejection. It is such a heavy topic because honestly, I don't think it's a fear we ever really overcome. (laughs) I think it's a fear we can certainly work on. I do think that it's perhaps a lifelong process that Topic is a little deceiving in that I really don't believe it's I fear we completely overcome. Even if we, you know, have done so much work and have gotten to a place where we do not let that fear keep us from becoming who we are or who we want to be. Because that's really what I'm interested in. How to not let that fear of being a disappointment to others keep us from self-actualizing and being our most authentic selves. I will start off by talking about my own experience with feeling that fear and letting that fear keep me stuck in a place where I just was who others wanted me to be. I was raised by a single mom who is an African and a Jehovah's Witness who had a lot of her own traumas, her own fears that she put on me. It's not a unique story in that way. Our parents want the best for us, want us to go through life easier than they did. They don't want us to suffer like they did. They want things to be easier. And so they put all these expectations and how-to's, what to do and what not to do. They put all those things on their children, hoping that by doing that, it gives them a sense of control and that their kid will have an easier life. So it's something that is born out of good intentions, but What happens, I'm sure you know this, is when you take on the fears that your parents have and the expectations they have for yourself, it's just a longer journey then to discovering what your own desires are, if you share those fears, if you share those desires or not. And it can be a really lengthy process for a lot of us. And that is if we're even aware of it. Growing up in a collectivistic society, my last episode was about collectivism and finding individualism in the midst of collectivism and how to become your most independent self in that. So if you haven't listened, I would say go take a listen now. But towards the end of that episode, I give an example of a coworker whose parents emigrated from Laos, and she was telling me that she loves my tattoos and she wishes she could get tattooed like I am, except she knows that her mom will kill her. I mean, I feel like even her would say that that is an irrational fear because there is no way her mom will kill her for getting a tattoo but it's real enough to her to keep her from getting that tattoo. And that's how strong that fear can be. And so tattoos are one thing, but it can manifest in many other ways. Um, It can be the color of the lipstick you wear, or what kind of clothes you wear, or what you do and don't do, what you eat and don't eat. And We can take on that fear of rejection and of disappointing other people, and we would never get to be our full selves. And so... That's kind of what I wanted to talk about because I think it's important to realize that disappointing others is like not the worst thing in the world. It sucks, especially when it's people who we know love us and want the best for us and who have suffered greatly for us. We don't want to disappoint them. That makes no sense to just be out here talking about, yeah, I totally want to be a disappointment. Nobody wants that. But it's inevitable, Especially if you're on a journey to being more authentic, if you're on a journey to self-actualization, it is inevitable that at some point along that journey, you will disappoint somebody and it's going to suck. You're going to have to sit with the discomfort of knowing that somebody does not want to talk to you anymore because you got a tattoo or you got a facial piercing or you came out as being queer. It's going to suck sitting with the discomfort of not knowing how long that's going to last. If it's really going to be a forever thing, not having control over how long that period may potentially last. And so I have a lot of compassion and a lot of like deep feelings for you if you're someone who has those fears Especially because those fears are founded. You know, a lot of queer people have come to harm and been kicked out of their homes for coming out. So it's certainly not a fear that is unfounded. And if you don't have safety and you're still dependent on your family for your well being, then it might be the right move to. Either hide your true self from them or just never live as your truest self. And both are incredibly sad, but for many, many people, that is the safest choice. So if that's you, I sincerely empathize and I feel deeply for you. But if that's not you and you have... A level of safety where you're completely independent financially, your housing, your health. If you are someone in your mid thirties living in the US or living somewhere with relative safety, then you may have a bit more room to explore the journey towards becoming your fullest self. And only you can make that determination for yourself. I have a feeling that if you're listening to this podcast, a little bit of you is ready to embark on the journey of being your most authentic self. And if that's the case, I want to say, good job. <laughs> I'm really, really proud of you because it's such a scary, scary journey. Especially if you're African, if you're an immigrant, if you're a woman, if you're queer, if you're trans, or any combination of the above, you know, what a scary journey it can feel like to repudiate societal and familial and cultural expectations placed on you. It is such a worthwhile journey, though. I can only speak from my experience and my perspective and what I have seen of other people in the world. You know, as a little girl growing up in Africa who knew she was gay by the time she was 12 years old and who grew up in a church where, Homosexuality was like the worst possible sin. Like they would say, the act, the practice of homosexuality which really what's the difference, right? The practice of homosexuality was the worst possible sin. And knowing that I was gay as young as 12 years old, that's the earliest memory I have of experimenting with a girl. So to be in that situation and being completely dependent on my mom, not fathoming that there would be a situation where I would leave Ghana for the U.S., I just made my peace with the fact that I was going to marry a man. I was going to raise babies. I was going to be a good Jehovah's Witness. I was going to be a good wife. And that was that. At least that's what I prayed for. Because (laughs) your girl is um, rebellious. I've always been. I talk back. I say no. I ask questions. I always have. But fighting and defending isn't really living your truest self. So all that fighting and defense hid my lack of self-worth. It hid my anger at the world and at God and at my mom. It hid how much I did not know who I was, how much I just had no clue as to how I would ever get to live the life that I desired. So it took me getting into therapy, finding a good therapist who affirmed me and reassured me that it was okay to have desires. It was okay to want to choose different than my mother had hoped for me. It was okay to say no to a religion that, was oppressive of me. It was okay to love who I love openly. It was okay to wear the clothes I wanted to wear. It was okay to get the body modification I wanted to get. It was a lot of work to to separate myself, my identity from the expectations that were placed on me. So I'm not saying that it's an easy road or that it's going to be an easy road for you if you want to embark on that journey. All I'm saying is that it is possible with the support of a therapist or a coach, with the support of a loving community, with the support of books and other healing modalities, it is possible to do that work of coming home to yourself. It's going to require a lot of self-compassion and reframing of your thoughts around rejection because when we're able to be self-compassionate, we're able to manage the discomfort that comes from other people rejecting us or being disappointed in us, we're able to say to ourselves, we deserve to be our full selves. It's going to take a lot of that, a lot of just like telling yourself that you deserve to be your full self in this one life, potentially (laughs) that we have, we deserve to be our fullest selves. So seriously, repeat after me, I deserve to be my fullest self. I deserve to be my fullest self. When you say that to yourself, when you have people who support you in learning what that means, what it means to be your fullest self, when you find resources and a group and a community that helps you tap into that truth, it is such a beautiful place to be. It doesn't mean that the discomfort and the sadness and the potential loss that comes as a result will be easy to navigate, but it will be easier and the rewards are infinitely worth it. I know that for me, before I started therapy, I was filled with so much anger. My relationships were failing. I was caught in between fighting my demons and making sure that my mom would still speak to me and fighting my desires to have a loving relationship with a woman and what that meant about My relationship with the people at church that had become my family, I didn't want to lose that. But I knew that the possibility of losing that was incredibly high. And yeah, I was proven right. Because I came out on Facebook because, you know, (laughs) I'm chaotic in that way. And when I came out, they all bid me adieu, like good people. Honestly, I was 21 years old in the U.S. by myself and I lucked into a really warm and loving congregation in Chicago and they took care of me. They showed me the ropes of America, you know, what to study in school, how to go about it. When I got laid off in 2008, one of them offered me their home rent-free for six months. They cooked for me. They loved on me. They helped me find an appropriate husband. (laughs) Um, So there were many ways they cared for me. I was alone in a foreign country away from my family. And I had to make the decision, the choice. Is it worth it to come out as gay? Um, Speak the way I wanted to speak. Dress the way I wanted to dress. Look the way I wanted to look. Was it worth it to do all that knowing that I was going to lose the support of the only people I called family in this foreign country? And it, it like <laughs> it makes me tear up to think about it today cuz that was a really hard decision to make. It wasn't a decision that came lightly to me. I didn't make that decision till I was 28. I had the support of an amazing therapist that made it easier to, you know, walk that path. And I wish I had had the support of a community. I didn't know anyone. Shit, I didn't know any gay person except for my girlfriend at the time. (sighs) But I took the leap. I took the leap of faith that I could not go wrong by being myself. I could not go wrong by trying to find how to have a relationship with myself. This is a luxury that my mom did not have. She told the line. She did what she was supposed to do. So I had to find in myself a determination that it was worth it being the leader In changing generational patterns, I had to be the cycle breaker. I had to be the one who showed my mom lovingly that it was okay to choose one's self. You know, I had to remember that as a twenty-eight years old woman, I too had the ability to teach my parents. She had me when she was 25 or so. Um, So I certainly could have been a parent at that time. And I had innate wisdom. I could teach her. I could teach her that it was okay to be herself. But the fear was there. (laughs) Even, you know, despite all these realizations, the fear was there. The fear was strong. It was so scary and isolating and, and lonely. And looking back now, it's been almost 10 years since I came out. (laughs) And my life, oh man, my life is beautiful. My relationship with my mom is beautiful. It took a long time and it was not linear. There were many times when it ended in a shouting match insults were traded. I blocked her. She blocked me. She called me an abomination. She did not want to associate with me. And those moments were incredibly difficult. And I knew within me that there was no going back. There was no other option because how I was living before was no way to live. You know, I wasn't happy in my relationships because I couldn't show up in those relationships as myself. Because I did not know who myself was. I carried so much shame that was in mine, um, shame from religious indoctrination and cultural indoctrination and really like post-colonial white supremacy, ideologies that weren't my ancestors. They were free. They were free of all these constrictions that were put on my mom and her mom by Christian missionaries. So I knew that I was honoring my ancestors by pursuing the journey of realizing who I was. And it's based on that, that I kept on the journey. And I just, you know, followed my mom little by little patiently, impatiently, (laughs) kindly, unkindly, you know, skillfully, unskillfully. I just kept at it a tattoo at a time, a piercing at a time, a girlfriend at a time, a midriff bearing shirt at a time that I did not reserve for my private circle on a Facebook or private circle on Instagram I shared it for the whole world to see for my uncles to see for my aunties to see for my cousins to see for everyone to see at the same time it helped that I didn't live in the same country with them because then what were they going to do get a visa to the U.S. to come beat me (laughs) so I used that to my advantage for sure So, and just like that, gradually over years, I'm not going to tell you that it took months, but over years, I got to a place where who I am is evident, is who I am to my mom. She knows me. If she dies today, I would be rest assured that she knew who her daughter was. That the relationship we have is based on some real shit, not some you know, make believe and play acting. And so that's what brings me so much joy. And I have taught her so much about how to be herself, about how to pursue her dreams and her her desires and her joys. And I see her do that. And I am so, 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 so proud. She ain't gonna say that it's because of me, you know? And I don't need her to, because I know and she know. And ultimately... It's not about who knows, it's about how she's living, how I'm living, how when we meet each other, we're meeting each other in our fullness, not just this arbitrary idea of respect. Because what is respect if it's not based on the truth? I can only respect you when who you are seeing before you is my truest self, then you know that whether I disagree or agree with you, I am giving you the utmost respect of showing up as myself. You will always know who I am. We had to explore boundaries, you know, in growing in our relationship, my mom and I. And setting boundaries when you come from where I come from is just like not a thing we do. It's easier to just hide yourself And then go to church on Sunday with them when you're home. But being able to be home and saying, I don't go to church anymore. And you're going to respect that. You're not going to talk to me any kind of way just because I'm not going to church with you. I have free will by your teachings even. I have free will and I'm exercising that. I remember one time I told my mom, if God is not coming down to smite me dead, she has no authority (laughs) (laughs) I told you I've always had a big mouth. Um, So I don't necessarily recommend, (laughs) but (laughs) it came through for me, that big mouth of mine. So I learned to set boundaries and communicate my needs and desires to her fortrightly, even if that meant risking rejection or disappointment. I learned how to identify and pursue my own desires separate from the desires and expectations she had for me. As a result, my self-worth increased drastically. My relationship quality increased drastically. And my sense of purpose and fulfillment in the world has never been clearer. I'm pursuing solo entrepreneurship right now. And that is what has enabled me to have the gumption to do that. To dare to be a writer, to dare to be an educator, to dare to be a thought leader is as a result of that work that I've done. And so that's what I encourage you if you're on here and you're listening, and this is a journey you're interested and desirous of embarking on. It's going to have its pitfalls. It's going to have its challenging moments. It's going to have difficult times. It's going to have times where you're met with your need to gain more skills, more support. And I believe that you can do it. I believe that you can meet that challenge. I believe that you can begin to grow in immense self-compassion and love and care for yourself and grow in your self-worth, that you can get to a place where you realize that there is nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your desires. There's nothing wrong with your dreams for yourself and your family and your community, that it's possible to grow and teach them that perhaps it's on you to do that work. And especially if you're a queer baby, oh, my heart, my heart goes out to you because to be able to love who you love openly and freely, hmm, (sighs) hmm, I want that for you. I want that for you. I want that for you. And I'm here to talk about this with. I'm here. I'm, I'm excited to launch this program that is so near and dear to my heart that I'm still working on creating because I want to make it the best thing I've ever done. The best work I have ever put out in this world. A group of people who are there to offer support, who see you, who you can grow with, and me being able to pour into you my knowledge, my skills, my experience into you so that you can live the best life possible. I will let you know when it drops. It's going to be a minute because we don't rush Excellence, But <laughs> I just want you to know that in addition to therapy, if that's a modality that, you know, you're amenable to, a program such as this will support you and um, teach you valuable skills. We can get into the nitty gritty on finding yourself in all arenas in your fashion, in your style, in your relationships, in your friendships, in your, all of it, like, you know? So thank you for listening. I'm so excited to have gotten this out there into the world. And I hope that it is beneficial to you in the way you need for it to be. Comment, subscribe, rate. DM me. You always have access to me. I have an open door policy. Let me know what you think. Let me know how you are doing on your journey. Let me know where you are on your journey. I am your cheerleader and I'm here because like being our fullest selves, there's no greater, there's no greater thing to do or be, I believe, because it's from that space. It's from that self-actualized, self-embodied space that we can make our biggest impact in our lives, in our families' lives, and in the world. So thank you for being here. I'll catch you on the next episode. Be well. Mwah.